1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. This week, we are talking about Stadia Founders being left out in the cold, Blizzard leaking all kinds of stuff, Bethesda pulling an Activision, and the Outer Worlds is totally out of this world. But first, I am Manny G once again, and I am joined, as always, by TX Andy Man. What is up, my dude?
2: I'm on. A, I'm on a hot streak, Manny. I haven't missed a show in a bit. <laughs> in a I bit. know,
1: man. You are you are so faithful. Andy. I was late. I could set my watch. Yes,
2: I was late to the party today, though. Just, Before you say, you can say your bit. watch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I was literally going to say that, but yeah. Right. Hey, man, you can't control that Apple computer. It wants to dude. update. It's going to update. This is
2: the second time it's done that when we're recording. Yeah. Like, I got walk in here and it's like updating. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, so. excuse
1: me. It's like, huh. I'm I'm busy. I need to take a moment. I know, right? But one day, Andy, we'll get you on that gaming PC. One day.
2: Yeah. I gotta so, buy a boat. I gotta buy a boat first, Manny. Oh then, man, dude. Then a gaming.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, Andy. Yes. We are not alone tonight. No, no we are not. Joining us of Hidden <laughs> Pixels Podcast and the Outer Worlds podcast is Sebastian. Hello, my friend.
0: Hey, guys, what's going on?
1: Oh, man. Hey, I am so happy that you made some time with us this Saturday evening to uh, to come talk some video games with us. I am so
0: psyched. I've been li- listening to the show for months now, and now to be a part of it, I'm like, I'm, ch- I'm touched, guys. I'm yes. really touched.
1: <laughs> Good times. So, so like I mentioned, you do the Hidden Pixels podcast, which is one of the coolest podcasts That is available to listen to. Do you want to tell us, tell our listeners just a little bit about that show?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, So at Hidden Pixels, we tell or I tell a a little known story in gaming lore from some of your favorite series, uh, Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, uh, Fallout uh, and smaller indie games like Hollow Knight or Stardew Valley. And I tell it in kind of a narrative tale. Uh, it's almost like a bedtime story where mm-hmm. you could <laughs> listen to it and just chill out and hear a good story that you might have missed when you were playing the game. It's those stories that are kind of like in the far out corners or hidden in the lore that you might not know about the character. Um, and I tell it in an, entertain- in an entertaining way.
2: Yeah, man, that, that shows a, a nice little it, it was, a, you know, it was a, it was as it. As the name uh, implies, right? It was a hidden gem, man. It, it, uh, <laughs> I want to say, I forgot who, Manny, it, ha- it had to have been Manny, who found you somehow uh, mm-hmm. and, and um, put it in our Discord. I think this was during um, uh, Division 2. Yeah. That's yep. right. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Yes. You did and, a division
1: uh, episode that I thought was great.
2: It was yeah. great. It and and all of them have been awesome. Even some of the off the beaten path ones that, you know, I'm like I have never played this game, right? But uh you do such a good job, man. You can tell you you sink some time and effort into uh I am sure writing a script and kind of mm-hmm. getting the facts right, you know, as as trying to be faithful to the uh, to the lore of the game. Um, oh yeah. But it's such a cool little podcast, man. It's uh it's pretty awesome. Uh, Thanks guys. That Thanks. isn't the only show you have though, correct? Correct.
0: Yeah, uh this past August I just started uh the Outer World show, which is uh the second show I'm doing. It's uh, all about the game that was just released this past week, The Outer Worlds. So, yes. Yeah. It goes into the lore, it goes into um, kind of gameplay and builds that you might have, mm-hmm. location, setting. It was As of now, or up to now, it was getting people prepped for the game, getting people kind of excited, explaining the details. And then from here on out, I'm going through my gameplay experience while also hitting on um, some of the community things that are going on as well as a deeper dive into the stories and the decisions that you can make in the game. So it's it's really, this past couple weeks, it's really taken off and really a lot of people are getting excited along with the release of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also finding the show and getting excited about that too, which is awesome. It's It's great to meet new people and have more people hear this kind of information.
2: Very cool,
1: and Sebastian, you're doing one other thing for us that is super awesome. You're a part of our Discord community, mm-hmm. and inside one of our gaming channels is a channel called Choose Your Own Adventure. That's right. yeah. Oh yes, and yeah. dude, i I absolutely love that you are doing this for us, and it is it is just so cool, and I think it's just underrated. Like, not enough people are participating. <laughs> and and uh it's just it's great it is so cool man you are you're like putting together a story for us and we kind of choose through uh, through a bot through emotes or uh like mm-hmm. different options right like the like uh, uh of what path we're going to take with this adventure the story you're giving us
0: yeah growing up i was a huge fan of choose your own adventure like storybooks those books you get from like the library and like mm-hmm. tear through and read every ending um yeah. And so I was like, "All right, like I had this polling bot that I was using for other things on my channel and or my server, and I was like, "All right, there's a way to incorporate this with a story uh and I just started I started doing it and letting the community decide which way the character was gonna go, and it just kind of took off and from there. it was um, I think we did a Destiny One earlier, and the community ended up dying tragically in some facility somewhere <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and yes. Uh, yes. Now we're on The Legend of Zelda, and we're making some progress there. We're getting getting that triforce, so yeah it's it's really exciting. I just it's I found that I wanted to do something for um for the different communities that I'm a part of and like try to give back and give something entertaining when there's not with besides the chatting besides the discussions, like let's do something else fun that we can all get together and try to like make decisions and be entertained by that.
1: Yeah, it's super fun and I'm I'm super I'm really glad you're doing it. So thanks for doing that for us. It is yeah. it's
0: fantastic. Oh, it's a blast to run. No problem. Yes.
1: So um yeah, hey, we are gonna talk some gaming news. So is everybody ready? I hope I hope you're all sitting down because this yes, is about sir. to get crazy.
0: No. Yeah. Let's do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some quick stories up front, and the first one is that the Last of Us Two is being delayed until May 29th, 2020. Mm. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's good though. I think yep. for, especially for a game like that, um just give it to us when it's ready, you know, because those those games, man, that game in particular. Yeah. So good the first mm-hmm. time around. Um and you'd hate for it to fall victim to, you know, sort of the norm here lately, which is uh you know just troublesome uh, launches we'll call them
1: yes yeah and i think it's kind of funny because like the the whole situation around the delay is is just it's it's weird because they announced it they said hey we're releasing here they showed a bunch of stuff and then mm-hmm. real quick after they're like it has to be delayed so i don't know if if sony had to had to or uh, first announce the date before they delayed it for financial reasons, who knows. Mm. But I mean, I honestly don't think anybody minds, like really, like for the reasons you guys are saying. It's like, just let the game be what what it's gonna be, whatever time it takes, let that sucker cook until it's ready.
0: Well, you see that gamers have been burned so often before as Andy was saying, like it's just the normal reaction that like, all right, we've seen what happens when you rush it. Don't do it. <laughs> right. I, I saw yes. a quote that a, uh, a a good game or a delayed game can eventually be good, but a rush game is going to be bad forever or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Yeah, so it's right. like just delay it, just make it good. Yeah, right. and I think no everybody prefers that.
1: And you know, yeah. and uh, moving on here, a studio that could have learned from that, our publisher Ubisoft, they had a, an earnings call and. They were extremely disappointed with some of their releases from earlier this year. And um, yeah, really, really, uh, really crazy. So much so that they announced that they're going to delay their entire portfolio of games that were coming up in uh, releasing soon. Watchdog Legions, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Gods and Monsters, like everything is being pushed back. Yeah. till uh, <laughs> til 2020, 2021 in that time timeframe. Wow. Like that is really crazy. Uh, yeah. th- their whole uh, projection as far as like their financials were like, th- they had a downgrade how much they were gonna be making. And I think the difference was like $700 million difference <laughs> between what they initially Man. forecasted uh, and then this next update with all maybe, these delays
2: maybe they knew that was going to be the case which is why they monetized um breakpoint or is it break break breakpoint, breakpoint the, yes the yeah, way yeah. they did you know that's like we got to make up this money somewhere guys
1: yeah, yeah they uh the the um the president or ceo whatever of ubisoft just said he was he was pretty pretty disappointed pretty sad with the results that as far as the the people the player base receiving the game, breakpoint, mm-hmm. and the reviews that it got, but it was all deserved.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah,
0: that thing was microtransaction to death. It was yeah. broken yes. up so bad, right? right?
1: Yes. Like yeah, when it be, you know when it first launched, it launches in early access, mm-hmm. um, and but but like we say, that is the real release date, and you get punished if you only pay sixty. Oh, I know. Right? So so when the <laughs> yeah. game is released, it released with all these basically anything you can buy, you can pay extra money for talent points, like weapons. It was crazy. Yeah. So, That's you insane. know, and so a part of me wants to speculate and say, watch dog legions, the new rainbow six gods and monsters. Part of me wants to say, I bet all of these had microtransactions oh, yeah. just uh, a part of the DNA, yeah. what made these things what yeah. they're going to be. Now they need all this extra time to rethink and redesign right. so that they're not going to hand us something that gets a six again.
2: Yep. So That makes a lot of sense. Well, it, and the thing is, I think, the the thing is, and, and not to make this conversation longer than it needs to be, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the – I think when when you monetize, uh, and it you know we've seen it right, uh, we've seen it happen already. Breakpoint is the l- latest example. Where, yes. you know we're going to speak on, uh, you know, another gem here in a little bit. But um, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, I think I think when 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 you're trying to be so overtly, uh, just greedy, right, and and uh, you know, abusive. people are going to look at your game and they're not going to look at it through the lens of like the outer worlds right now. Oh Mm -hmm. dude, it's the darling of the community, right? It's so well reviewed. Everybody loves it. It's uh, like exceptionally well made. It's what everybody wanted Fallout to be, you know? Um, No microtransactions, you know what I mean? So everything, even even if there are some flaws, right? People are Mm -hmm. willing to just you know, say, uh, yeah, there's this, but, you know, it, it you know, I'm sure in future uh, updates, it can, something that could be, you know, they're more forgiving mm-hmm. on things yes. like that. But when you're, when you're just clearly focused on monetizing your game, uh, and especially to the degree that we've seen here lately, mm-hmm. people are not going to be forgiving about that, right? Like, I was watching yeah. Angry Joe's video on Breakpoint, and dude, he was... <laughs> Tearing, yeah, yes, he was upset about the microtransactions, <laughs> but every small thing in that game, he was just like <laughs> unforgiving, right? Like just yeah. blasting them, punishing them on everything, dude. And but it's because of that, right? You set the tone of of the relationship when yeah. when that's your you know clearly. Uh, that's your priority. Your priority right. is monetizing your game, not making a good game. And people are going to call you out on that. When you want my money, you need to give me a product that is perfect, not not in the in the state that we've seen pretty much every live uh, uh, live um, service game launch here in yeah. the last year. Yeah. Right. Even good, like decent ones, like Destiny. Right. It's still same thing. Right. It, it, they're all like just headaches you know long queues uh you can't get in the game at launch J- you know just you name it, it it's all like you know yeah, uh, anyway yeah. I, you you know me man, <laughs> Manny I go on rants about this stuff and <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> why do you put it oh, at the yeah. beginning manny dude well <laughs> speaking of uh speaking of long queues call of duty just released its latest game modern warfare and mm-hmm. yeah man people were having a hard time getting in uh, some broken stuff. There's reports of it breaking Xboxes. I don't know oh how substantiated that is, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it seems to be reviewing well around the the mid 80s. Uh, right. But the wow. user cool. rating on on a Metacritic is like a four out of ten. So oh my people are mad at something. Who knows? Yeah. But um, but it's it's out. It's out, and um, I don't know. I like I said last week. I'm not gonna be able to play it anytime soon but it, it seems to be doing quite well like 85 is is a good score mm. Eighty-five
0: is is, yes yeah. is especially good. for a yearly franchise like that if, exactly to to know that they're changing it up they're doing something different they're improving to try to get that higher score you see what um madden will get year after year if they mm-hmm. just do the roster update it's not <laughs> they, you need some yeah. sort of innovation and that i think those scores kind of show that they've they've tried to push the envelope a little bit
1: yes yeah and another quick story here is uh shroud shroud moves Mm. from twitch to mixer he's the second uh streamer who's been kind of paid by mixer to move over to their streaming platform it's just a big move from microsoft's and they're just really trying to bolster the amount of of quality streamers they have on mixer um you know shroud he's he's uh he was a professional csgo player uh kind of strike player And he has a huge following because he's, he's actually very, very good at video games. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a huge get for Mixer. I kind of thought like after they initially paid for uh, Ninja Mm -hmm. that it was going to kind of just fizzle out and stuff. But man, another, uh, another swing here from Mixer trying to, trying to make a play at the, uh, at the, at the numbers here.
0: Do you guys think that this kind of opens the floodgates, or do you think that they're going to have to do this a couple more times before?
1: Well, it's it's kind of really funny because, it works. yeah, I I was thinking, well, who else are they going to get? But mm-hmm. I really do think a lot of people mm-hmm. they're just going to follow them over. You know, if they see that consistently, there's thousands and yeah. thousands of people over there on Mixer now, then they're like, you know what? If I go over to mm-hmm. Mixer, then I have a real chance at being a streamer. Full time because you know there's there's a lot of people there now and there's not a lot of streamers who are streaming right. what I do so I think it's a good opportunity for people to take a look at Mixer uh, seriously as as a rival to Twitch and not just as mm. like you know Microsoft's uh, attempt right mm-hmm. as a as a serious rival so I don't know I think it's I think it's pretty interesting
2: now yeah. how's YouTube doing uh, these days I you know I know they they had sort of a, um, you, you know, they have their YouTube gaming, uh, service, but then like you hadn't really heard much from yeah. that, and I think there are a handful of people that stream uh, YouTube, um, but how's that doing? Is it?
1: Yeah, it's it's weird to me from from like the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I never go to YouTube to look for mm-hmm. streams to watch like mm-hmm. I would no. if I was gonna go yeah. to Mixer.com because it's like, how is this even organized? You know, I'll go to my yeah, subscriptions right. and I'll see, you know, at the top, people who are streaming now and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, how do I discover people? Like maybe there's even a separate side that I'm not even aware of. I have no right. idea, but yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah. don't think that they're doing it as as uh, as well as, as these other guys.
0: Yeah, yeah they sure. don't seem like they're on the same level. No, no.
1: Hmm. not at all. And another story, it's Google, true. Google Stadia. Mm. (laughs) so they're doing something that's uh people aren't too happy with and if you kind of look at exactly what they they said as far as when people will be actually able to play with google stadia you know you could kind of see a bit of their uh, justification there but annie this is this is not the best of stories not a great start for google stadia but Mm -hmm. tell us what's going on man
2: well here from the verge We've got uh, when Google announced that its Stadia Cloud Gaming Service would launch November 19th, we thought that meant those who shelled out $130 for a Founders Edition would get to play right away. And when the company announced its Uh, It was, oh, I'm sorry, Manny, my cursor is doing some crazy things here. Stand by. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Uh, And when the company announced it was replacing the sold-out Founders Edition with the new Premier Edition earlier today, the question was, would Premier Edition buyers get to play on November 19th too? Today, Google tells The Verge that neither set of buyers (laughs) will necessarily be able to play 9 a.m. Pacific time on November 19th. The moment the St- that Stadia launches because Google's shipping uh, out kits in the order they were received and the new premier edition apparently won't have shipped by that date. Google pointed us to its blog post from last week. And sure enough, it technically says that Founders Editions will only quote unquote start arriving on November 19th and that you may that you might only get to play starting at 9 a.m. Pacific that day if you were one of the first gamers who pre-ordered. So there you go, Manny. <laughs> that hey, sounds order your, awful. You want to play, yeah. you want to be the first to play? Order Founders Edition now. <laughs> Hurry up. Yeah. I said
1: now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's it's not yeah. great, but I I do understand they want to roll this out slowly. Yeah. They want as much control over this as they possibly mm-hmm. can because right. If they don't have a successful launch, people will burn it to the ground. Yeah. Because yeah. they are already behind. Like mm-hmm. Project X Cloud, the beta is out now. A lot of people are playing it and it's a good experience. So if Stadia doesn't at least match that, they're in trouble. Yeah. And gotcha. all those features that they promised, like, you know, watch a YouTube video, click a button, play the game in seconds, like all these cool things, you know, go mm. from this thing to that thing, from your phone mm. to this to that. There's all these little things that they promised us that kind of made Stadia different and kind of made you think, wow, Stadia might really have something going. None of those features are going to be in or a part of Stadia anytime soon. Right. So no. they promise, they promise yeah. this, this, uh, this whole thing but but they're just gonna give them out in pieces so i'm not saying yeah. that this is totally bad and,
2: and they're shipping the the consoles out in pieces even <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah. yes and so th- i don't think this is totally bad news but it's not super positive news but it's to me it's it's just like hey let's let's just take a second here and just watch Just watch and see what happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. You know how many times do have we seen, dude? Apple, right? Like my iPhone doesn't do the things that it says it it does, like as seamlessly as they make it sound or or look on the commercials. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, It's such an ambitious plan. You have to be like, you can't help but be a little bit skeptical as to how Mm -hmm. they're going to pull it off. But like you said, you only get one time at a first impression. So yeah, it yeah. makes sense that they just want to get, have as much control as possible and try to limit the, the blowback if something is going wrong mm-hmm. or the number of consumers that see that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that they succeed because oh, yeah. it's more competition and it's, and yeah. that is all very good. And the, you know, there are people who don't have hardware who really want to play a lot of the games that they just can't, they don't have access to. Mm -hmm. So I think Stadia Mm -hmm. could be the answer for a lot of those people. So Mm -hmm. let's see what happens. There you go. But next up, Mike Ibarra. He is joining Blizzard Entertainment.
2: This was, a, this was a shock to me, actually, dude. <laughs> He's done well, such a good job over at Xbox.
1: You know? Yes, yeah. yeah. Mike Barra, just who is Mike Ibarra? Well, this is from Windows Central. Mike Ibarra has been with Microsoft for the past 20 years, working on Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One Software Experience. He became the corporate vice president of gaming not too long ago and has been deeply involved with the Xbox Insider Program. When I think of the Xbox, as far as the leadership of Xbox, Mike Ibarra has always kind of popped in my mind first, right up there with mm-hmm. Phil Spencer, right up there with Major Nelson. Like mm-hmm. to me, he was one of the pillars of of Xbox, making it uh, making it just a great platform from a community standpoint. Because right. mm-hmm. if you don't know who Mike Ibarra is, and if you don't follow uh, follow him on Twitter, then you don't get to see how he interacts with the community every single week he's always giving out games he shows up to streams he like he subscribes to like uh the x1 bros they they have a show on mixer so he goes in there he's in chat he's giving stuff away he's always looking to be just a a positive uh, person to the community so i've always liked mike Ibarra. so he said this on twitter he says i'm very happy to announce I'm joining Blizzard Entertainment as Executive Vice President and General Manager starting 11-4. And he will be at BlizzCon, he said. So uh, He ends this tweet by saying we will work with all of our energy to serve gamers with an incredible content and experience. I can't wait to be a part of the team. That, I mean, hey, that is as an excellent person to have as as the game manager for all of blizzard entertainment
2: right yeah right and my my concern is with everything that blizzard is going through right now you know what i mean like yes Mm -hmm. i'm sure this is uh business-wise or not even business-wise Business wise, absolutely. But PR wise. Right. Probably a move by them to be like, okay, let's see if we can't sort of appease the masses a little bit by getting a good community guy, someone that everybody's gonna should be excited about. Um and then, you know, hopefully get BlizzCon started on reset, right? Reset sort of everything and try to get people back uh back in line, you know what I mean? But Oh man, yeah. it just makes me so nervous for Mike uh, <laughs> because, you, like you said, man, he's he's been good so far, right? And yes. uh, and uh, man, it, hopefully the hope is that he does the same thing for Blizzard, right? But really, like that—that's a huge corporation with mm-hmm. clearly has telegraphed what their you know what their priorities are, uh, and, and how how much can one person do? How much will they let him do? Right? How much of a Free... Yeah. Uh, you right. know, fr- how much free reign, how much of a leash will they give him some? And, and that's, that's a powerful that's position. How about you, Sebastian? What do you think? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Seb. That's the hope. That's uh, that he has a similar role. He's
0: engaging with the community because that would be, as you're saying, Andy, that's the best that they could have for PR for a company who needs really good PR right now. Oh, yeah. So if it would only make sense that they would bring him over to serve in that role. If they bring him over and have him on a tight leash, as you were saying, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the move because you're, you're still getting a good guy. At, a good worker, a a guy recognized in the industry, mm. but you're not letting him do what he's known for to be that engaging guy. Right. So uh, it would only make sense for Blizzard to do that, especially right now. But who knows what what their decision process is at this point? I, know.
1: I would yeah. venture to guess that this process started before. Everything went down with it Blitz had chunk. to, have,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I I really think so because you don't just become the vice president of of a major game studio in a week, you know, right? Yeah, two weeks, true. like yeah. so. There, there's a good chance the ball was rolling. Mike Ibarra had the opportunity, I'm sure, to rethink his decision. So during all this, after all this, he he said yes. He said I'm going to Blizzard. So you know, there's. True. I, I do hope that we're going to see something positive out of this, and I would actually love to see Mike on stage at BlizzCon.
2: Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it can't it can't be any. It, he has to be better than what we got last year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Jay Allen Brack. He's he's the current president of Blizzard Entertainment. He's not very popular because he just doesn't have the same. Like he replaced Mike Morheim. Mm-hmm. Mike Morheim is is like people love and adore Mike Morheim. He was just such such a great like person mm-hmm. and a great head of Blizzard and people just loved him and people felt like Mike Morheim would fight for the player. Right. So mm-hmm. people just don't feel the same way about Jalen Brack. He has some big shoes to fill and like the letter he wrote after the whole um uh Bliss Chung thing came off as, as not necessarily condescending, but kind of like, I don't know, it just didn't feel good reading that letter. So I like Mike Ibarra. I do hope he takes a prominent role there. And you know, every company is made up of individuals. And when we see individuals that we like, we start to root for them and and we just want to support them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's see what happens best of luck to mike you,
0: know? you wonder you wonder what could be a better thing for blizzard right now than having him come on stage and announce diablo 4 oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> like does that just turn everything around <laughs> no oh um, man yeah. i don't
2: know i don't think so but it, yeah it certainly helps i mean it'll definitely yeah. you know yeah i think we'll passes. see wyatt
1: chang up there again talking about diablo I think we will, and I think he'll he'll do something that kind of makes fun of himself, some of the stuff he said, and try to get a laugh, and then move on with the presentation. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking about BlizzCon,
2: oh snap! There's um,
1: there are they they finally released their schedule about a Mm -hmm. week in advance, a little more than that, and it was released later than the schedule was released last year or last year's BlizzCon. And what's interesting about this is that there's uh the way it works is that they take over the whole Anaheim convention center. It is a huge place, massive place, places for, uh, there's places for tons of panels for all of their IPs, but there are six panels that are, that just say coming soon. There's nothing announced for these, these, uh, these panels here. A lot of them take place on the main stage. So, That is a lot of time and a lot of uh, real estate to be talking about stuff that we don't know about yet. So there's a lot of speculation and a lot of really sure bets, I think. And some of them are the next Warcraft expansion. Mm -hmm. Warcraft is Mm -hmm. still a huge money maker for Blizzard. People, Millions of people are still subscribed to World of Warcraft. So Mm -hmm. that is uh, uh, something that is you could only mo- almost bet that we're going to see the next expansion. The other things is we've had leaks about overwatch for a long time. And the overwatch sequel is finally coming overwatch two. And mm-hmm. the other lake is Diablo four is going to be announced. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that still leaves a lot of room for these coming soon panels. You know, Diablo two Remaster is, is a big rumor as well. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. We're, uh, we're uh, like a week away. So by the time this comes out, there's, it's only going to be five days or so until BlizzCon comes out. So I don't know. Any guesses? Any speculation, guys?
2: Man, you're the Blizzard expert. I mean, (laughs) Diablo 4, right? I think for the, for the most part, we're pretty Mm. much everybody's, I mean, we've been waiting for years for this announcement right it's like this is, Diablo 4 is like a year late in our book right <laughs> like, oh at least, yeah for sure I, I'll tell you what man what 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 would make me laugh is if he uh they get up there again with you know the whole Diablo announcement sort of like a buzz and then it just again right with some like weak <laughs> like and we're coming with another character for yeah. Diablo 3 yeah. it's <laughs> like yeah
1: Oh man. Really? Yeah. That'd be a disaster. I think yes. it would be yeah. so funny if they announced Diablo 2 remaster for your phone. Oh I think that gosh. would really go over <laughs> oh well. Oh my gosh, dude. That would blow people's <laughs> minds. So, I don't know. We are going to next week's show is uh recovering Blizzcon. So stay tuned, folks. Oh man. There you go. All right. Our next show. Our next, next show. Week.
2: Our next episode. No, wrong,
1: wrong episode. word. Uh, no. Uh. <laughs> okay. I need a drink. No, our next story is about Fallout, Fallout 76. Man, this this has been quite a week for, for Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So they announced their whole Bethesda's, uh, their whole uh, uh, Fallout First program. Where it's going to be a subscription service. You can pay $12.99 a month or $99.99 a year to have access to these special features. And there are things that people have been asking for. So, first of all, before they announced this, they had a post where they said, you know what? We said that all of our microtransactions are going to be cosmetic only. But according to the data and user feedback, you guys are telling us that we need to change that. So we're gonna continue to sell convenience items in the cash shop. So it's insane. Yes, people were asking, hey, there are grinds in this game that don't need to be there. Please either bring in some, some items that can make that easier or change things. They had already promised microtransactions will only be cosmetic. There's no chance on earth that anyone was anyone was saying, "Please put m- these cosmetic or uh, these uh, microtransactions that focus on making things easier." I want to pay mm. for convenience. And no one has ever said that. Nope. Yeah, this ever. is insane. <laughs> yeah. So they're claiming people are saying that, and then mm. a bit later, they announced this. Fallout first, which is, which is crazy. The kind of things you can get what Fallout first are, you get a, a survival tent, which is a secondary spawn point. Mm-hmm. You get a monthly allotment of atoms, which is their end game currency to buy microtransactions. You get exclusive cosmetics, uh, something specific from Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. That is really funny, Right. It's like the one thing people really liked as far as look looks-wise from Fallout New Vegas. It's a part of this, Fallout First, which is out now. Fallout First is out. You can pay money. You can pay a subscription. And it's funny because the people who actually made New Vegas that made that costume, they just released the game. We'll talk about that in a minute.
0: Oh, and yeah. then
1: <laughs> <laughs> private servers, they said they'll give you private servers as well. Mm. So... Oh man, Th- this is a lot of information, Annie. Do you want to break down some of this for us?
2: Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, we're getting this from uh, Games Radar. Apropos of nothing, Bethesda just <laughs> released a premium subscription for Fallout seventy six called Fallout First. There we go with numbers again. You can get you can get it for twelve ninety nine a month or ninety nine ninety nine a year and it comes with access to private servers, 16.50 atoms a month, uh, or about $15 worth, and unique cosmetics. It also comes with a few features that players have been requesting for well over a year, like bottomless scrap box for storing crafting components and a secondary portable fast travel point called the Survival Tent. Private servers are the headlining feature for Fallout First. These servers effectively turn Fallout 76 into a single player RPG at an additional cost. But server hosts will also have the option of inviting up to seven friends into their server. You'll need a Fallout 1st subscription to create a private server, but Bethesda confirmed that should the owner of the private world leave, the world will stay active as long as one other player in the world is a Fallout 1st member. The studio also said that mod support will come to Fallout 76 private servers, quote unquote, in the future. The hmm. aforementioned survival tent sports a stash sleeping bag, scrap box cooking station, and an instrument to help you wind down after a day of exploring Appalachia. This is a pro- this is probably a guitar or something, but I choose to interpret the word instrument broadly and assume that it's a vibrating chair surrounded by kittens. Uh, the <laughs> tent <laughs> The tent is basically a second camp that you can't customize, but it's also, Easier to move than your main base. Oh, uh, man. So there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just don't get it. Well, I just it, don't understand. <laughs> I think the most egregious thing about this whole story is that these were all features they said would come in the future, right? At no additional yes. cost. That the mm-hmm. cosmetics, right? Wait, am I mistaken when I say that the cosmetics... We're gonna support that, uh, and and they decided. Nope, yeah, we, we're delivering on that promise, but we're gonna charge you ninety nine ninety nine for a year uh, per year for you to to have this uh, this stuff that people have been asking for. Yes, you're right. The metrics are correct. They are mm-hmm. asking for that, but they're asking for you to deliver it the way you said you would, which was free of cost or funded by the cosmetics, uh, uh, uh microtransactions, you know? So it's just, uh, it's ridiculous, man. I, you know, I, I, I think I finally made it to, uh, the point where I just have no faith in <laughs> any of these, like, you know what? I, when I buy a, when I purchase a game, I'm like, you know what? I'm purchasing the game right now. And they're probably mm-hmm. gonna bugger it up somehow, right? They're gonna stick mm-hmm. some slimy transactions in there, or just run me off in about three months. But sixty bucks for about three months worth of game gameplay, I think it's okay. You know what I mean? It's it's just ridiculous,
0: man. They, they I don't know. I'm just you know. I'm trying to think of what the like. I, I honestly, I'm not trying to be like a jerk about this. What is the logic here? Because they, so you think that they don't. Ser- They don't sell enough copies right so Mm -hmm. they didn't make enough on this game for their projections Mm -hmm. so instead of trying to fix things and attract new players to this game Mm -hmm. they instead are now taxing the players who are there already and are Mm -hmm. most likely wanting to buy this subscription or these things to enhance their game that they're already enjoying so the punishment of the player base that they already have is just mind-blowing And now you're not going to attract any new players. Now you have what an 85, $90 game that you're now selling them or trying to sell them. Yeah. It's just, it's as as somebody who's a huge Fallout fan who loves the series. It's like, it's kind of heartbreaking what they're doing Mm -hmm. when this online sector, because you could do something really cool with Fallout. And Manny, we were talking before we started recording and like we were, people were really excited about online Fallout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until the details came out. (laughs)
1: Uh uh-huh yeah yes and in true bethesda fashion this fallout first did not release well at all yeah that's right (laughs) so what is crazy about this is that people people did put up the money and what they found is that whenever you create a private server it's not actually a private new instance just like they said Mm -hmm. So, people are reporting and showing and demonstrating that they start, they launch their new world, and they're finding looted areas already in den PCs. Mm. So, it is a a re-rolled or recycled instance, and they're not actually getting a private world, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And also we we see kind of this reported on by Paul Tassia Forbes he also mentions that the whole word private is suspect as well because anyone on that player's friend list friends list can enter that world at any time without permission so it's it's not really private at all and mm. one of the main features is this scrap box mm. the scrap box oh, yeah. is huge people need it for storage and yes it's basically unlimited storage something they said they couldn't actually accomplish well hey they'll charge you for it people are depositing unless they give 100 bucks yeah yeah
2: (laughs) people are depositing
1: tons and tons of scrap in here and guess what it is eating their stuff they are losing their (laughs) items they have already confirmed they said yes this is happening they first came out and said um they they said, well, it's just that you can't see the stuff. It's just a UI glitch. It's not. They actually came back and confirmed it's not a glitch. People are losing stuff. They don't know if they can restore all that stuff people put in there. So it's it's just, this is bad.
0: Just an additional feature, right? It's not a yeah. glitch. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Yes, exactly.
1: Yes, the hungry
0: yes. scrap box this is what you get. You put your hundred dollars in the scrap box and it disappears.
2: <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, yes. You, I guess you better put some more money in there. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: it's just, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's so, so sad.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're hungry for some of this stuff, it's there for you, but I would, I would recommend that you wait until things are fixed, but uh, let's move on to our main topic, guys. We've been talking for a long time. Ooh, but hey, so
2: excited. I know yeah. here comes
1: the main topic. The main topic is that Bethesda releases a Fallout collection on October 25th, which includes Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Fallout 3, Game of the Year Edition, Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition and Fallout 4, Game of the Year. OK, that's not really the main topic, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that comes out on the exact same day. Imagine the chance of this happening. It is the Outer Worlds. The outer worlds is yeah. finally upon us and boy oh boy are we happy oh yeah S- sebastian tell us what are your first initial impressions of this game how, how are you enjoying yourself
0: i am loving my time with the outer worlds loving it i i, I can admit openly that it's not The perfect game. It's Mm -hmm. not the best game ever made. But Mm -hmm. it is just so fun and so refreshing to jump into a new IP that gets it right and Mm -hmm. does everything, kind of hits all the marks that they promised you up front. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny. The gameplay is engaging. The world is, um, it it reels you in and just kind of sinks its teeth into you and holds you there yeah uh it's it's been awesome i've been playing it nonstop since release and it's been so good
1: <laughs> i know you said how long uh how much sleep did you get last night
0: oh none so last night i actually got <laughs> i got like five hours last night on thursday night when it came out uh, i played started at midnight i got three hours or two and a half hours <laughs> i think i've put 30 hours into the game already and we're about oh wow 48 out yeah yes. from release <laughs> so, that's awesome
2: yeah so- i've been Oh, go for it. So, um, my understanding is that one complete playthrough of the game is, is roughly around where you're at. Is that accurate or... I think if you mainline the
0: storyline and just kind of do that hard, you can finish it in between 20, 25 hours. Okay. Um, I've been trying to get as much as I can this first playthrough because my plan is in each playthrough I change up a little bit. Because my plan is in each mm-hmm. playthrough I change up a little mm-hmm. bit and make different decisions world in world. I'm trying to see as, as much as I can. All the side quests I can, all the characters' decisions. Right. Um, so I think I'm estimating that I have another 10 to 15 hours. Okay. Um, they say that if you try to see a bunch, not maybe not everything, but a uh, normal playthrough will probably be about 40 to 45. Okay. Uh, but they said you can also finish it, like I said, as as quick as 20, maybe even quicker than that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I didn't mean to There's- interrupt... Uh, no, no worries. Yeah, Sebastian, no, there's just there's just
0: so much here. It's uh, it's I've been trying to. Everybody keeps like trying to describe it as a mashup of different games, mm-hmm. and like I I think it's its own thing. But if I had to do my version of that, it's number one. It reminds me the most of Bioshock, mm. um, where you're kind of this new person in a weird setting, weird world, and trying to get your bearings, and everybody's like. A little, a little off, a little kooky, a little funny, mm-hmm. um, but there's something going on in the world as well, there's something bigger that you're trying to investigate. Uh, it obviously has Fallout vibes, especially New Vegas, because Obsidian made both games, and it's very uh, dialogue-heavy and choice-heavy, and uh, I guess uh, meaningful consequences is one of the bigger things that, that develops throughout the game. And then um, the companion system reminds me a lot of Mass Effect. Uh, I know not many people enjoyed playing Andromeda, but when I did play through it, one of my favorite things was that your companions, when you have them, they're bantering the entire time and they're like responding to conversations. And I thought that was really well done um when Bioware did it. And it looks like Obsidian does something very similar. Your companions are talking to NPCs as you're talking to them, which they wouldn't, you wouldn't get those conversations if you didn't bring those people with you. Uh, so you get those unique dialogues, you get different backstories, colorful characters. It's really kind of a mix of those three games in the space setting. Mm-hmm.
1: So Andy, have you had a chance to, I know you've been working, but did you have a chance to, uh, to play it?
2: I, I actually, I did. I created oh, my character. Okay. Uh, yeah. I created so my character. So what did you think about
1: that? That first, just the initial experience, cause it's a little different, right? Cause it's a, it's a true RPG. Like mm-hmm. it really, really is, which I'm super happy about. Mm-hmm. But Annie, what was your, that first experience like when you when you uh, first turned the game on, uh,
2: dude? It's so uh, I guess what stood out to me uh, more than anything, and I had not really, I mean, for the obviously for the notes, right? We we were mm-hmm. gonna talk about it, and so I pulled some stuff, but um, you know, I tried to kind of step into the game, sort of un uh un, uh, uh, uninfluenced, yes, by, by anybody else's opinion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. thank you, Manny, for, for finding that word for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just Googled it. Yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, dude, what struck me was the color palette, man. Um, uh, it's such a colorful game. Um, Mm -hmm. and even in the game world, right? Like it's, uh, it's very vibrant, but not overtly like, you know, like when we saw Rage. There's so <laughs> many colors oh, happening. Yeah. It almost looks like a, like a like an acid trip, right? <laughs> this is this is not that. At least not for me. Uh, it's much more subdued, but very pretty, right? Like, um, um it's uh, it's it's such a colorful world, uh, and I think it really sets the tone for, you know, what you're about to encounter. You know, and and certainly as Sebastian already said, you know, some of the very early on interactions that I've had very over the top. Right. Um, oh yeah. It's definitely sort of taking a comedic uh, look. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, you can tell there's a, a bit of a message here uh, about consumerism and, 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 all that stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. but it's uh it's so good, man. And it's so well, well done. Uh, there, there've been some pretty, <laughs> you know, I was playing with my son and, you know, I don't want to spoil any of it for anyone out there because mm-hmm. I, I think this is definitely one of those games that uh, you need to respect that, right? You just get in there and start playing so that you can But we had this moment, right, where uh, at the very beginning where you get <laughs> ejected from the spaceship, right? And then, you know, you land and, and what happens, you know, happens. And me and my son are both <laughs> like, just kind of like, is that is yeah that's that's what you know we were both like well okay (laughs) but uh no man it's it's uh it's a lot of fun I'm not very deep in the game I think I'm 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 still working through that whole um um you know just basically the tutorial right um Mm -hmm. but I'm at the ship where you first get into the the ship and talk to the AI so this is the very beginning of the game um Mm -hmm. But, uh but dude it's it's great um I, I like what I've seen so far uh, and I can I can definitely tell you this is something that's absolutely gonna pull me uh, from monster hunter uh, which you know it's something that not even destiny could do man and you know how much we love destiny you know so um yeah yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: I like that the game is like it's an adventure right it's a true mm-hmm. RPG <laughs> a role-playing game. And it gives you the opportunity to customize your character, to choose different stats, to like you said, like you talked about the companions, to to have to mm-hmm. play with these NPCs that add character, and they just add just this level of depth that just makes for a more enjoyable experience, and and uh, the writing the writing is really fun, it's like it's super notch, exciting, yeah. yeah because you have all these dialogue options and your stats kind of uh, affect what dialogue options you have mm-hmm. and how effective they are so it's it's just a good experience so i'm i'm really proud of what obsidian has put together here with the Outer worlds and it it's it's great i think it's great what kind uh, of
0: a, what kind of build did you guys you guys look at and um, what, what, how did you build your guys? Uh, your character. Well, what kind of stats were you focusing?
1: Initially, Andy, did did you uh, did you pick anything specifically, or did you just kind of pick whatever just to start with?
2: No, 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 no. I did. I did pick a few uh, stats uh, on my own. I didn't. I didn't write any of them down, and I don't have them in front of me. But I. I want to say I picked. Um, uh. Oh my gosh. Uh, it it. I tried to go a little bit. Uh, towards like gaining XP, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I want to say I I picked uh some some uh attack, uh yeah like the strength strength yeah. one yeah, yeah I picked that I can't recall exactly the rest of the stuff that I picked but I do recall saying you know what I'm gonna try to lean into this so that I don't feel as uh squishy at the beginning yeah. <laughs> So just want to shoot things.
1: I put Definitely. points in to uh, kind of enable me to be a, be a bit more like melee focused. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a talent that allowed, because you have a, a side dodge and a back dodge, but you have to mm-hmm. put points in to do like a leap forward. So I'm going for that. And as far as like my, I guess, personality goes, uh, I'm, I'm trying to achieve the ability to kind of speak my way out of trouble. So... Yeah. So I don't know I, I'm kind of thinking of of just going through that way for my first playthrough unless I find some really great ranged weapons. I want to stay mm-hmm. melee and I want to try to kind of talk my way through everything
0: that's I, I, you just described pretty much what my build is. I've only <laughs> put in yeah i'm I'm on like level I think my character's level twenty one or so mm-hmm. and they um I've only put in skill points in dialogue options and melee. <laughs> and so you 100% can do it it's a it's a fun ride do, going that way
1: <laughs> nice yeah, yeah and i i do love that there's so many options um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm i'm still early on in the game so i haven't really discovered any of the weapons and stuff but i know there's a lot of good weapons out in there oh yeah and um d- have you found anything that have really uh, stood out to you so far
0: I found so I'm a melee build as well, um, and I found a couple of giant hammers that Ooh. I'm going around with, and <laughs> it's it's so fun because my companions are both using guns, they're using long range weapons, yeah, and I just jump right in the fray. It's like I'm Thor mm. pretty much because my mm. guy's this huge like strong guy <laughs> wielding a hammer and just wailing on these monsters. <laughs> so, so that's that's been cool, nice. and um the the big highlight has been the science weapons. That you can find yeah. in the game, and there's only a few of them, but you can make like a whole build around that and try to be like kind of the crazy scientist.
1: Yeah, oh, nice. uh, yeah. this is a, a bit of a spoiler. The uh, the devs spoke about this, but I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So for the ne- if you don't want to hear a, even a small spoiler about weapons, just mute for like 15 seconds. But there's a weapon that allows you to to rearrange your enemy's face. Oh my god! Like when you shoot him, I forgot what it's called. I can't remember. It's it's the uh, the
0: mandible, the mandible rearranger. (laughs) Yes, yes, (laughs) Yes. that's awesome. And it is as good as advertised.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there that I'm looking forward to finding and discovering. And I know, like, there's even one of your followers that his like special move is like a drop kick or something. Like yep, I saw a yep. video where he's just running up, drop kicking people. I was like, "What are you doing?" Was like, it's so ridiculous, but that's his like signature move. Yes, yeah, yes. they're
0: all they're all pretty crazy, and the the signature moves are great and are really helpful. You can do a whole a whole run through where you just put points into your companions and have them kind of fight for you and direct them around. It's, they mm-hmm. they're uh, promoting it as the leadership build. Which mm. is which is interesting. it's it's just another way to play. It's, it's just so many options with the game the way that you can go through it. I'm gonna to have to play this game ten times to see everything.
1: <laughs> I really do like, though, that you can play through the game in a relatively short amount of time and just try different builds. I do know this that whenever you finish the game, the game warns you and says this is the last mission or this is the last whatever. After this, it's game over. So you can get to a point to where you play and the game is actually done. Like you can't go back to that character and replay stuff. So so it's kind of designed to to play through like over and over. But yeah, each each run through, try something else, you know. Try to be a jerk to people and see how far that gets you. You know, you could even shoot all your quest givers if you want to. Or you can have a full playthrough where your character has like a low IQ and everybody kind of talks to you like your IQ is low and all of your dialogue options are for someone with a lower IQ. And it's, it's just another way to play the game that you can go through it and experience it in a totally different way. So I think it's great. So, so yeah, The Outer Worlds, it's great. It's scoring really well. We, I had some quotes here from Metacritic, but I think we could skip those because basically just saying a lot of the stuff that that we said, the game is is really fun. It's not a perfect game. And uh, I looked at some of the lower scores were like, it's too much like Fallout New Vegas. Well, well, it's the people who basically invented Fallout. So that's, that's what you could expect. So thanks everybody for hanging out with us and listening. And if you want any more Outer Worlds information, just check out The Outer Worlds Show. It's a great show. I've listened to, I didn't want to be spoiled, so I haven't listened to every episode, but I've listened to maybe four out of the 11 or so you have out, something like that. So yeah, go check it out. It's a good show. It's a lot of fun. So um, And also, The Hidden Pixels podcast. So, uh, yeah, special, thank, special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for helping us out. And for everyone who would like to get in touch with us, just go to GamingAdventureClub.com and there's a little place right there for you to leave some feedback if you like. And until next time, my friends, have an adventurous week and take care of each other.